Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everyone. Good again to be in God's house. Amen. With God's people. Amen. And welcome to the exciting conclusion of this series that we are calling and have called the names of God. It was based on the scripture, Psalms 9, 10. I want you guys to read it out loud with me. One, two, three, go. Those who know your name, do what? Trust in you, Lord, have never forsaken those who, who seek you. Those who know your name, trust in you. Why? Because you've never forsaken those who seek you. We, we know that Jesus asked that question. He asked that question of his disciples. He said, who do, who do you say that I am? In other words, first he asked, who are men saying that I am? And they answered him, he wanted to know, who, who do you say that I am? And he asked them so that his followers would drill down on this truth, the, the truth of who he really was, not just a prophet, not just a, uh, uh, John the Baptist reincarnated, not just another good man. How many know he's Christ the Messiah, amen? The son of the living God. And, and it's for that reason that we've been studying his name, not, not just to, to know about him so that we can come to know him, Amen. Know him, and when we can call on him, and where we can call him, and what circumstances to call on him, and what we can expect when we call on him. Now, I said at the end of the series, I promised you guys a quiz. Are you ready for the quiz? Here it is right now. If you should have an outline, if you don't have one, well, you should have one already. Just fill it in as you know. Just call it out. Elohim, what is it? Say it again. Come on, somebody. The, 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 the Lord Almighty, the Creator, amen. <laughs> All right. Elroi, what's, what's that? The Lord who sees. The Lord who sees. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord our banner. The Lord our victory. Jehovah Sabaoth. Call it out. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I've been for, for, for months I'm preaching to an empty room, and, and all of a sudden we got some people in here, and it still feels like an empty room. Come on. Come on. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And we've also learned some other things on the way. We learned what Yahweh means. It's I am or the one who is the self-existent one. And Jesus said before Abraham was, he identified himself as I, he said before Abraham was, I am. The Hebrews writer said of Jesus, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so in other words, if Jehovah Jireh was providing yesterday, what's he still doing today and tomorrow? Come on, somebody. He's still providing. If God revealed himself to Moses as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our, our, our victory banner, as, and in that scenario, as long as Moses' hands were raised, they would gain the victory over the Malachites for all generations, which is a type of a shadow of sin and, and, and death. That victory still belongs to us, amen? Does it still belong to us? Yes, it does. He's still our banner. In fact, Isaiah called him that. The prophet Isaiah, thousands of years before Jesus came on the scene, or was it hundreds of years, it said, Isaiah 11.10, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a, help me out somebody, as a what? As a banner for the peoples, 
The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Who's the root of Jesse? All right, so David would be one, but Jesus is who he's referring to here as the one who will become the banner. Jesus is the root of Jesse, who comes from the line of Boaz and, and Ruth, who, who, who was Naomi's daughter-in-law from last week's message. Who saw last week's message? Come on, somebody. So, so are you starting to see a pattern? Are we starting to see divine connection leading to Jesus? Because, because as Christ, he became our victory banner, who, who raised his hands, had them nailed to a cross. He was crucified in order to secure victory uh, and eternal life for every single one of us. And, and in those same nail-scarred hands, he revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Because those hands did what? They laid hands on the sick, amen, and the sick recovered. Those hands cast out demons. Those hands cleansed leopards. Those hands opened blind eyes, deaf ears, and even raised the dead. Those hands reached out with compassion on the disillusioned and the disenfranchised to the lost and the lonely, to the downtrodden and those who are, who are, out, who are cast aside. And the only criteria he, he, he gave to, to admit them or, or that, uh, that you, we need to be a part of him was that we would, we would call on him, that we would believe in him. Jesus said, Jesus answered them. He says in Luke chapter 5 verse 31, he says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The doctor's in the house, somebody. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the doctor. He's the great physician. And for those who admit that they need him and those who would put their trust in him, his love, power, and compassion are on full display. Just like with Moses and the bitter waters made sweet again by the wood that God directed them to cast into the water, and Naomi, whose life had become embittered by circumstances, was made sweet again when God directed her to her, to, uh, directed Ruth to her kinsman redeemer, resulting in a beautiful child, uh, 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 Obed, which was the father of Jesse, which was the father of King David, in the lineage of Christ, which also puts God's full love and grace on full display. How many know that Ruth was not an Israeli? Did you know that? Ruth was not an Israeli. She was a Mo Moabitess from a tribe of people who, who were idol worshipers. But here we have her she, uh, making a decision, the same decision that every single one of us needs to make. He, he, uh, uh, Naomi tried to send her away. He said, I'm not, never going to leave. <laughs> your God should be my God, and your people should be my people. Where you go, I will go. <laughs> Where you die, I will die. <laughs> so she, she had made a decision in her heart. She was going to follow after the true and living God. And to, so much to the point where she ended up in the lineage of Jesus, a Moabitess. And she has a book written after her in the Jewish Bible. How many know that's the grace of God? Amen. That shows the goodness of God. That shows the, the love of God. In the same way, Jesus Christ was cast into the, into the waters of time, being crucified on a wooden cross and, and thereby supernaturally absorbing all of the punishment that you and I deserve upon himself. Isaiah saw this again in 53, verse 5 and 6. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The, the punishment that brought us peace was laid on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
So yes, Jesus is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer who heals us. He heals us spiritually, he heals us emotionally, he heals us physically, which brings us nicely to today. The conclusion of our message, our final message, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my the Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. My shepherd. Say it with me. My shepherd. Say it. Say it. My shepherd. My shepherd. That's what the Lord wants to be for you and I. Not just a shepherd or the shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be my shepherd. He wants you to be able to say it from a heart that means it and feels it and experiences it, especially in this crazy world that we're living in that we have an advocate from the Father, and his name is Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is, help me somebody. Is he your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd? Yes, and that's what he wants because that's the relationship that, that he wants us to have. And in that relationship, it comes with substantial promises. King David experienced this firsthand. As he, as, as after learning that, that, you know, after learning from his father to be a shepherd, uh, taking care of the flocks as a young boy. But at some point, we know that he was anointed by the prophet Samuel as the future king, all right? And that was an exciting day for him. But how many know that not long after those special days that came into his life, and sometimes it, it feels like when there's a blessing coming, sometimes the enemy comes and tries to knock it down. That's why even though there's so much nonsense going on in this world, I think it's going to result in millions coming to Christ. Amen? This is going to be the revival. This is going to be the revival. That's why the devil is pushing against it. This is going to be it. And so, and so in, in his case, you know, he, 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 he gets anointed king. Next thing you know, we see him facing the giant, and he takes down the giant. Next thing you know, he's, he's on the staff of, of King Saul, and, he, and he's a, a psalmist. But they, they see that he's a warrior too, and he sends him out to battle, and all the enemies are getting slain. But then something happened. In that moment, he comes back in after slaying the enemies, and the ladies in the camp start singing the song. It's always the ladies. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the, the ladies started singing, uh, uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Over and over again, and King Saul heard this, and jealousy gripped his heart because in that moment, he said to himself, I am staring at my replacement. And from that moment on, instead of uh, David being beloved, Saul saw him as an enemy. And David spent the next few years of his life being chased around and harassed by a jealous and crazed king. But the Lord supernaturally provided, protected, directed, and positioned him, which caused him to be put to ink one of the most famous psalms today, Psalms 23 over which we will all, we'll see those four promises played out in his life. And that's what I want to look at this morning, called the, the Lord is my shepherd and the promises that he has. I want you to write this down. The first one that our shepherd promises every single one of us is provision. Provision. Psalms 23.1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Help me, someone. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. One translation says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. And even though this was 
probably one of the most difficult times in David's life, he testifies by putting in writing the, 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 the provisional goodness of God in that even though he was running from Saul from place to place, his testimony is that he lacked nothing. Amen? That was his experience. Can anybody else testify? Amen? I mean, we've been going through some difficult time. Can anyone testify that God has been sustaining you through this all the way? Amen? Some of you, some of you even gained weight. <laughs> While this was all going on. You haven't lacked anything. To God be the glory. Amen? Amen. That's what's going on. God has provided. Jesus, our shepherd, gave us the, the, the key to continued provision in our life. Anybody want to know what that is? Anyone want to know what that is? Matthew 6, You hear me say it over and over again. Seek the kingdom of God. What does it say? Above all else. And live how? Say it again. Live how? Say it again. Live how? Live how? And he will do what? Give you everything you need. I like the message version. This is what it says. It says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. And don't worry about missing out. You will find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Do you believe that? Now, let me tell you how not to get your needs met. <laughs> Hashtag, burn it down. Does no one know what I'm talking about? Has anybody been on Facebook recently or Instagram? I, I'm, I'm pretty much exhausting myself responding to Christians, Christ followers, who are putting that nonsense out there. Hashtag burn it down. I'm like, are you serious? Everyone who feels that way, is, honestly, this is what I think. Put your address out there first. And let them start with your place, if you honestly believe that. Hashtag burn it down. Everyone who jumped on that bandwagon, you should be ashamed of yourself. Because the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right? And it talks about a righteous living. And hashtag burn it down, that ain't righteous. That's the devil. Don't be a partaker of what the enemy is doing. We're, we're better than that. We're bigger than that. Number two, the good shepherd promises, promises us a path and a plan for our lives. Psalms 23.3 says, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Do you believe God has a plan for you? Yes. Do you believe that anything happening on this planet is going to thwart God's plan for you? No. Honestly. Ephesians 2.10 is not on there. It says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God wants to, God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us, and there's a work for us to do. None of us are accidents. God has a plan. But again, I said it during the worship. Satan has a plan too. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that life to the fullest. 
The enemy is, is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. But God wants to give us life and that life to the fullest. Now, this is one way he does it in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. He wants us so close to him, he says, Jesus said, My sheep know my voice, and they listen to me. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. He says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Do we serve a risen Savior? Does God still speak today? Does he? He absolutely does. He absolutely does. But we have to be in tune with him. And, and he will lead us to the green pastures and the still waters. If we would get to the place where we're in communication with him, and we don't allow ourselves to get caught up in stuff that is not of him. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your good and not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Friends, if we, if we listen, to, to, if we listen, probably it's more important today than ever before since I've been preaching the gospel that we got to get to the place where we're listening. Amen? Amen. Where we're, that we're, that because there is a deception going out on the planet that is trying to pull us into camps. And Jesus said that in the last days. He talks about what's going to happen, nation against nation and people against people and all this other stuff, nation nationalities. It's, it's what the enemy uses to divide and to conquer. Be smarter than that. Be smarter than that. That's why he called us under the one banner of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're one in Christ. We're one in Christ. And if we don't figure that out, listen to me. This is what the Bible says, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a path before who? Who is it before? Turn to someone and say, that's you. Turn, turn to someone and say, that's me too. Do it again. It's you. It's me too. There's a path before each person that seems right. It seems right. Can I just be honest with you really quickly? Don't get caught up in, in the seems right. There's a lot of seems right going on. There's a whole bunch of folks these days caught up in the seems right mentality. But the Bible says it seems right, but it ends in, help me, help me. It, it ends in death. It ends in death, and they don't know it. But Pastor Rick, how will I know the difference? How would I know the difference? How would I know that the path that I'm on is the right path and not the seems right path? You stay close to the shepherd. He said, my sheep know my voice and listen. He wants to talk to you. But you also need to get into his word. You need to understand what he says. He's not going to contradict the word. The moment, the moment you, you, you get into the Bible and, and it says, Thou shalt not steal. What seems right about stealing? What's the justification for it? What's the justification for any of it? And so you get on a path that you think that you're justified on, a seems right path, and it's the wrong path. It's leading to death. But in your heart, you're right. And this didn't start today. This started years and years and years ago when they took the Bibles out of the schools. Come on, somebody. When they stopped teaching respect for anything. And so now, in its absence, you've got people 
just making things up as they go along. It's like I, I saw a, it was a sports uh, reporter, and <laughs> he, he posted hashtag burn it down, and he showed pictures of places burning. And then, what was it, like an hour later, I don't know how long later, he's posting, oh my goodness, they've come to my, my thing, wherever he lives, his, his uh, gated community, someone called the cops, they're, go they're trying to burn my place down. I'm like, you big old hypocrite. It, 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 almost in the same line. Hashtag burn it down, I, they're coming to my place, someone called the cops. Seemed right to him. Knucklehead mentality. And so Judges talks about a time like that. In Judges 21, 25, it says, In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. You know what people doing what seems right in their own eyes look like? Chaos. Chaos. Because it's only right it's only wrong if it happens to them. And so there's no standard outside of them that says this is wrong or right. You know, I could lie as long as it doesn't affect me. I could steal as long as it doesn't affect me. I could kill or I can do this or I can do that as long as it doesn't affect me. 2 Timothy 3.5, it literally says that in the, in, as it, the, the head of this one is dangers of the last days. It says... You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. <clears throat> they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control and have no self-control and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, which means they'll go to church. <laughs> they will say, God, I owe all this to God. <clears throat> but they will reject the power <clears throat> that, could <clears throat> that could make them godly, which is the Holy Spirit in them. Amen. And his word. And then it says something. What's that last verse say? Stay away from people like that. Stay away from people like that. I, I, I call them people stuck on stupid. Sometimes the best thing to do is not to engage, but just to pray and to stay away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is not get sucked in. Now, there's something going on there that if you refuse to get sucked in, <laughs> you're racist. <laughs> anybody, any, am I just making this stuff up? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> if you refuse to get involved, your silence means you're racist. If you disagree, you're racist. If you're a person of color and you disagree, you're an Uncle Tom and a misinformed person and worse. Folks, this is all a game by the enemy. Don't get sucked in. The Bible says, stay away. Okay? And then the last thing, it's a good shepherd. Well, not the third thing is, write this down, protection. Protection. Psalms 23, 4. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does he say? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they do what? They comfort me. They comfort me. How does he protect us? Through the promise of his presence, right? He says, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Didn't didn't Jesus say something like this? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Does God know where the dangers are? Come on, somebody. Does he know? It wasn't that the problem that, that the king of Aaron was having with Elisha, because, which were the enemy of the Israelites at the time, and he was going to war with them. But then God would keep revealing to Elisha the plans of Aaron <laughs> and telling it to the king of Israel so that the people would not get killed. Folks, the, the stuff that I'm saying, I'm telling you, if you pay attention, you will live. You won't get caught up in foolishness. You will allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, and it won't steal your love, and it won't sow bitterness in your heart, because it's, which is basically what the enemy is trying to do, is to sow bitterness in your heart. God wants to tell us what to get involved with and what to avoid. Amen? Amen. And if you find yourself just disregarding the voice of the Lord, disregarding his word, um, doing what seems right, okay, then you're going to end up in a, a, a chaos situation. You're going to end up in a camp. And then everybody's going to do whatever it takes to, you know, defend themselves, which I'm not sure that's not what the enemy wants. I think the enemy wants to see America in a bloodbath. That's what I think. And the church... God is calling us for such a time as now to rise up, to rise above it, and to, uh, and to be God's uh, people on this earth. He calls us blessed are the peacemakers, but they shall be called the children of God. Now, this is what the Bible says about God and you in terms of protection. Romans 8.38. He says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears. Anybody been fearful out there? Come on. For today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. You know what I've been doing a lot lately? Just trying to, to convince people that, that God has not abandoned you. Amen? That he is still in charge, in control. Um, I, got a, I got a text this morning as I left the house. It, it's pretty upsetting because we have... Uh, police officers that, that, are, that come to this church and are associated with this church, or we have people who are police, officer, police officers in, our, um, in their families that come to this church. And there's one organization that's collecting a lot of money these days, millions and millions of dollars on the, de- on the death of George Floyd, which I saw, and everybody I know was, was like th- those cops murdered that man. 
and should be prosecuted. I don't know anyone that doesn't say that. But there are people who are out there who are um, profiting off of, off of his death to the tune of millions and millions and multiple millions. People writing checks, and they're now painting all police officers, and it's become open season. I got this from a wife of a police officer this morning. She said, she's asking for prayer. She said, thank you. Thank you. More officers have been ambushed again this morning. This morning, ironically, in Santa Cruz, now where the chief took, took a knee and kneeled in solidarity last week with the mayor. <laughs> it's been hundreds of officers ambushed. Shot. They don't even know I'm reading this. They didn't know I was going to do this. Ambushed, shot, or had their necks slashed or murdered. She's, she gives her name. I hope her husband doesn't look at the news today. The department makes them hide their cause now. You know his heart, Pastor Rick. This is hard. I'm waiting for Jesus to make his return. Thank you for your prayers. It means everything right now. I'm doing all I can through Christ's strength to keep this home and family going. And now we're seeing that not just coming from officers. I mean, it's the communities where the leaders have allowed the riots to take over and burn their stuff to the ground. Get a clue. Please. You're getting sucked into, if you're part of that, you're getting sucked into nonsense. And there are people making millions and millions of dollars. I support black lives. I'm black. Been black all my life. Okay? Someone said, Pastor Rick, you need to, you need to you don't understand the evolution of slavery in this country, and you need to educate your people. I said, I've been black all my life. I've never been a slave, don't know any slaves. I don't know any slave owners, okay? I said, the people who come to my church know that I'm black and I'm a person of color. I don't know why they're becoming here, they're prejudiced. I don't feel like I need to sit down and talk to them about the evils of prejudice. I know what's going on in this country. I support black lives. I support all lives. Black Lives Matter is a left-wing left organization that's designed, that's anti-cop and anti a lot of things that I believe in and should not be supported by anybody's money. There are other organizations out there that you can give your money to than one that's trying to tear down this country, okay? And I love you. I don't have a, I'm not anti-anything in terms of race, all right? But you're getting pulled into foolishness if you're writing checks to these people. The last thing that God gives us, what's the first one? Help me out, somebody. What's the number two? What's number three? Let me give you number four. The good shepherd pro promises us a position. In Psalms 23, five through six, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What, is it, what does that first verse say? You prepare a table before me where? in the presence of my enemies. Who said that? David, right? 
And so he understood that even though Saul was dogging him down, trying to kill him, that God was, <laughs> what God raises up, no one can take down. Come on, somebody. What God blesses, no one can curse. What God blesses, no one can curse. Amen? And so it, Psalm 75 says this. It says, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor the west nor the south, but God is the judge. And he put it down one, and he set it up another. Folks, in Christ, we all have a place at his table, supernaturally positioned there. Amen? And it begins in this life, and it carries over to the next life. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you, are, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And what's the result of that mercy that God gives us? Jesus tells us in John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and, you, and take you with me, uh, that you also may be where I am. Amen? Who is Jehovah-Rohi? Who is the Lord? My, who, who, who's that described? That's... The Lord is my shepherd. Whose shepherd? And what does my shepherd promise us? Give, me, give it to me one more time. Come on. Number one, call it out. Number two, number three, number four, position. And let me tell you, I said every single one of these names point to Jesus. Every single one of these names point to Jesus. I don't know if this made it to the overhead, but I'm going to read it. John 10, 11 through 18. I want you to listen to this. John 10. This is what it says. Jesus speaking. You can write it down when you get a chance. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. <clears throat> Excuse me. They too will listen to my voice. They too will listen to my voice. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock. How many flocks? Come on, somebody. A white flock? Help me. A black flock? A Jewish flock? Gentile? Asian? How many flocks are there? How many? There shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. 
I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again, the command I received from my father. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the mark of the good shepherd is that he does all those things for his sheep. But at the end of the day, he says, the, the good shepherd will lay down his life for you. The good shepherd literally says to your enemies, over my dead body. Now, if we're seeing oppression taking place, we can't turn a blind eye. In any community. Because God called us to one flock. One people. One person under the blood. And I know I'm preaching to the choir in this church. Because you wouldn't come here. If you ever came here, you, you know the makeup of this church. But I'm not so naive to think, too, that one of the most segregated days of the year all across America is also on this day. Meaning white people want to go to church with their own kind and Hispanics want to go with their own kind and, and largely blacks want to go with their own kind and, and they've got uh, Chinese churches and all this other stuff. When I started this church, you know what they asked me? What kind of church are you going to set up? I said, what does that mean? A lot of times with my name, Ricardo, they don't know what I am. I says, well, are you going to set up a white church or a black church or a Hispanic church? They asked me this. I was in their office. I said, what? I don't even know how to do that. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go knock on doors and say, uh, uh, if you're the right color, if you're the right ethnic background, you can come if you're not. I don't even know how to do that. Whoever comes, comes, and I'm going to love them. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Amen? And then they said to me, multicultural, that's what we're going to put down. I said, yeah, put down multicultural. Because that's what heaven's going to look like. Amen? Multicultural. And so if anybody has a problem with any other race, you're not welcome here. You're not. Go find someplace else to go because I am not going to sit there and let anyone be attacked for the melanin in their skin. Does that make sense? Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. He says, I have sheep that is not of this fold. And I must call them in as well. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And God calls us to go out of our way. Do not get pulled in to this racial nonsense. Don't. And where the police are doing things, the police officers, if any of you listen to me, you need to police yourself if, you're, if you have people doing things to other people in your, in your group. Police yourself. But don't allow this to tear us apart as a, as a community of believers and as a country. Jesus died for all people, every single one of us, red and yellow, black and white, 
we are all precious in his sight. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen? And so it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that people who are listening to this message, there will be people leaving because of that. Because you've allowed the bitterness to take over your heart and the victimization to take over your heart. It's not my intent. My intent is to follow the good shepherd who laid his life down for me. I, I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. I, honestly, I don't. But you have to speak up when, when there's injustices taking place on all fronts. What happened to George was an atrocity. I said it. I never get pulled into these things because it never turns out to the way they say it is. This time I posted it. I just saw a man get murdered. And I cried. But there are people who have taken over what brought everybody together. Because nobody disagrees. I don't know anyone that disagrees. But there are people who have taken over this and now it's racially dividing us. And the ones who are suffering are the communities that in his name they are burning down. And it's black and brown communities, mostly. Folks, we've been fed a lie. And God calls us, calls us to rise above it. Amen? God calls us, he said, we, they shall know you are Christians. Does anybody know the rest of that verse? Help me out again. By our love for one another. Lord Jesus, come on, somebody just raise your hands right now. Raise your hands right now. We're going to pray. Say, Heavenly Father, help me to love. Even supernaturally, help me to lay down my swords of accusation. Help me to, to walk with my brothers and my sisters of all races. Lock arm. Help me, Father, to not get pulled in to scams and, and divisions. Help me, Father, to see. Help me, Lord, not to get involved in the things that are only going to tear us down. Spirit, break out. Someone say, Spirit, break out. Break out, Lord. Break out in our community. Break out in our church. Break out in our country, Father. Let this be the start of that revival that I've been hearing about for 20 years that's coming to our community. Father, help us. I know this is an attack on that. It's, Father, help us to not get caught up in the hate. But help us, Father, to walk in love. And forgive us, Father, where we've allowed anger and bitterness to take over. And if you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're listening to me online, Jesus, the scripture says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus is the answer for the world today. He's the answer to all of this nonsense, the racial divisions, all this stuff. Jesus is the answer. 
And I want you right now, if you've not yet turned your life over to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is calling you. Don't be like in Timothy, where it says they hold to a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. The power thereof is the presence of the Holy Spirit, and that power has the ability to lift us out of our anger and our divisions and our hate. It has the ability to, to make us into that man and that woman that he's called us to be. Father, I want to be a man of love. I want to be a woman of, of, of love. I want to be that person you've called me to be. And it starts with me surrendering to Jehovah Arohi, my shepherd. And so, Father, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I believe you are Messiah. Today, I put my trust in you. And, Father, help me to be more loving toward the people who don't look like me and more understanding. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.